0: What I primarily wanted to share with you today was some thoughts about language um, coming out of our translation experience. um, And, you know, languages vary so much, and we all tend to think that our language is the best language, and yet there's a lot we can learn from looking at other languages. Um, The story is told of a person who rode into one of the Wycliffe offices and said, you know, I'd like to help with translating the bible into some language can you send me the dictionary for some language and i'll work on translating it um, that's an oversimplified view of what's involved in translation because um, it doesn't take into account the grammar the fact that the structure is totally different from one language to another as any of you who've learned another language will know but it also doesn't take into account the fact that even just individual words from one language to another don't correspond as neatly as we'd like sometimes we we like things to fit in nice neat compartments and it doesn't always work that way so sometimes there are words that are sort of very weak in meaning and um sort of almost become wishy-washy i remember in school in writing we were told to try to avoid the word get you know i got up in the morning and i got myself some breakfast and i Got my hat and coat on, and I got in the car, and you know, we tend to use the word get far too much sometimes, and so we tend to avoid it. Um, some meanings end up having, as I say, just very weak meanings. And one of the words in Tokpism, Tokpism is the almost the national language of Papua Guinea. it's the most spoken, but it, it's sort of a mixture of English words with local language grammars that developed over a hundred years ago now, and became the, the common language for people from different languages to communicate with each other. And for some people in the towns, it has become their first language, um, but it's probably the, the language that is mo- spoken by most people in Papua New Guinea, but for a lot of them, it's they're very definitely a second language. Um, so not as clear, as their first language would be, so one of the words that we came across very early in, in um, topism, in learning topism, and we were learning topism as well as Manya, Manya being the the local language that we worked with, but we were learning topism at the same time, and one of the words there is Mari Mari. I'm not just sure the origin of the word Mari Mari. Um, most words in topism are of English origin, but their pronunciation will have changed, and the meanings often have changed. But this word "Mary, Mary" seemed to have a very wide range of meaning, and it just bugged me because it's not very clear. So, for example, the word Mary", Mary is used in scripture um, in Luke 1. Um, several times, Mary, if you remember, in, in Luke 1, you have Mary's hymn of praise, and also uh, Zechariah's hymn of praise, and they quite often speak of the mercy of God being revealed and the Tok Pisen translation there the, in the Bible. And when we first got there, the, the New Testament was available in Tok Pisen. As of the late 1980s, the whole Bible became available in Tok Pisen. So it is probably the most widely used Bible in the country is the Tok Pisen Bible. But, you know, the, the idea of mercy was translated as Mari Mari. And... So when sick people were calling upon Jesus um, for to be healed, they would call on him for his mercy. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. And the word "mari mari" comes in there. So okay, "mari mari" means mercy. But when you come to read in in John chapter one, you read of Jesus being full of uh, grace and truth, and we also that we have all received grace upon grace. And the word grace that we're very familiar with was also translated as Mary, Mary. Now, growing up in the church, um, in Peterborough, uh, back in the, sixties, uh, that is not what I was in my sixties, back in the 1960s. Um, but growing up and that's where I developed my connection with Auburn because, uh, having become a Christian at what was, uh, McDonald Street Gospel Hall downtown. um, When it moved and became Westmore Bible Chapel, I switched to Urban Bible Chapel. So I'm talking about my growing up in McDonald Street Chapel and Urban Bible Chapel. There was a lot of talk about mercy and grace and the difference. And we were taught that, you know, mercy is not getting what you deserve, grace is getting what you don't deserve. And we learned the acronym for grace god's riches at christ's expense and so you know we needed to differentiate very much between mercy and grace so when i started learning to and this mari mari was covering up both mercy and grace and not differentiating then that bothered me a lot and then there are other places where mari mari was used um so in matthew 6 verse 4 it begins so that your giving may be in secret." And the Tok translation there talks about this, your walk, Mari Mari. Walk being the Tok and work, so your Mari Mari work was your giving. So, okay, that's another concept uh, where Mari Mari was coming in. And then in Mark 5.19, um, the King James says, uh you know Jesus has just healed this man, and he says, "Go home and tell how the Lord hath had compassion on thee so the week in the King james it's compassion there um, and that was translated as Mary Mary um, more modern English translations don't use the word compassion. they use the word mercy for whatever reason but I think it's a different Greek word there, but you know this word Mary Mary seems to be covering a whole host of things. Uh, sometimes it seemed to imply forgiveness. Um, when the Sidonian people called upon Herod um, because they were suffering greatly, uh, there was a famine going on, and they'd done something that uh, he didn't want to share the um, the goods from other parts of his kingdom. So they were calling on Herod to, to make peace with us and uh, to help us to be um, be able to survive. And... The word "mari-mari" is used there as well. So the more I read the scripture in the book Bible, Talk Pisan, and came across this "mari-mari," the more it bothered me, because it was just covered so many things, it was almost meaningless. Well, that's, that was the history there. Back in uh, about 2002, Pat and I were asked to go to Vanuatu and get involved in teaching a, a workshop in which we be teaching nationals how to translate certain key biblical concepts and that led to a different aspect of ministry for several years we we were teaching key terms courses to translators in Papua New Guinea as well on the side our primary role was still um, working with the menu people but we were also teaching other translators how to translate um, key terms um, And the way we were doing it, we weren't just looking at words individual, we were looking at words in what we call domains, words that are related together uh, and cover, sort of interact with each other. So, for example, one of the domains is looking at the human person and what things, um, what words refer to the human person. And ones that come to mind immediately are the body, the soul, or the spirit. We talk of those three parts of the person and in English we tend to think of them as very distinct units but when you look at other words that are used as well such as mind and heart and well even the guts um, and started looking back in Hebrew equivalent words and Greek equivalent words to find out what was the meaning of those words to get the big picture of how the scripture talks about the human person. And then look at how different languages divide up. We came to learn that in Hebrew, in particular, uh, for the Jewish people, they did not look at these words body, soul, spirit, mind, strength, heart as being distinct units, but more different ways of looking at the same thing. Sort of like the old story about the elephant, if you had to take four blind people to an elephant and have them touch different parts of it, they would come up with very different descriptions. And so very often in language, words on, different words that fit in the same domain do not have clear boundaries to say, okay, this is in this corner, this is another. Um, so we may make a, a very strong distinction between, oh, what's the soul and what's the spirit and what's the body? The body is fairly easy to differentiate, but when you get into mind and heart, so those are the kind of ideas we are looking at and how do they overlap. Um, And we were looking, one of the domains we were looking at was this whole realm of how do we talk about our positive feelings to other people and what comes out of it. So we were getting into words like compassion and kindness and mercy and grace and even love in there, Um, looking at these different words, because they're all key terms, which are not always easy to translate from one language to another. And if you're going to translate, you need to know, okay, well, how do these different words fit? And what we learned was that the the Hebrew word collection of words in the Old Testament and the Greek collection of words in the New Testament don't necessarily match up nicely with our English words of mercy and grace and love and kindness. There's a a rough correlation, but not as clear and distinct as we would tend to like. Um, um, And so, for example, just focusing on the word love, many of you... Probably heard of the book by C.S. Lewis on the four loves and heard sermons preached. There have I know I heard a lot of sermons being preached back in the 70s and 80s on the fact that in Greek there are four words that in English just get translated love one is more the sexual aspects of love, but then there is agape, and we were taught that's God's love for man, and phileo, which is love, and taught to differentiate between those. Different Greek concepts of love, different Greek words, that all in English generally get translated as love. Um, and so that sort of tended to, to make us think of love as sort of, oh well, our English word love is a little weak because it doesn't have all these different aspects of meanings. Um and that was another word that in Tok the word for love is like him, taken from our English word like. Um, the word love, uh, like him, covers all of the different aspects of love, but it also covers things like like and want as well. So the the English, the talkism the word like him was even broader than the English word love, and that bothered me. Um, when we were training Papa, uh, many people to translate, um, any time the word, the they came across the word love or like or want. It all came out being the same. And of course, we see some big differences between different kinds of love. I mean, oh, I'd like a cup of coffee or I love um, lemon meringue pie um, and the the love of God for us. To use one word for all of those different things, we'd occasionally do it with our English word love, um, but this talk prison word like him was coming across and the menu equivalent was coming across, and I was bothered about that. And then, as I say, we were looking back into the Hebrew and the Greek for teaching these courses, and came across the fact that the Hebrew word for love is aheb, um, a h e b, if you want to look at it from an English spelling perspective, and that was as broad as the topism word like him, you know, the Old Testament doesn't make these nice, fine distinctions of different kinds of love and like, like and wanting. You have to look at the context to see what's the specific meaning there. So the Hebrew word ahab is this very broad concept which covers a, a whole range of, you know, desiring something. Um, and to get back to the word marimari, as I said, it seemed to be covering a whole range different meanings, mercy and grace and compassion and kindness. And as we were looking at this domain of the of words and concepts that all relate to one person's positive feelings towards another and their responsive actions, we came to realize that whereas English and Greek and Hebrew as well have different words for different, you know, a lot of different words that differentiate different aspects of that, look at it from different perspectives. The word marimari is really looking at the whole, the totality of a positive feeling and positive actions in response. So I've I've learned a new appreciation for the word marimari. English doesn't really have a word that covers up everything we've got the word love which is very general and covers in a lot of different ways but this even goes beyond that um so the word mari mari really covers god's positive attitude towards us so and the fact that he's not punishing us that he is blessing us in so many ways he does have compassion for us he is kind to us mari mari includes all of that um now when we're doing the translation into Menya we want to be a little more specific we don't want it to be too general but the way we translate mercy begins with this with the Menya equivalent of Mari Mari um having a an inner feeling positive feeling towards somebody um, we sort of speak of the heart as being the seat of emotions um, for Menya things begin more with the with the liver um, yeah, so the words for mercy and the words for grace begin with God having a an inner feeling, positive feeling towards us, and then doing something about it. So the doing something may vary. Um, yeah, so this study um, and the bigger understanding of Mari Mari helped us to realize how great God's feeling is towards it, and how many different things. Um, so in a sense, you can say it's the deficiency of English said that we don't have a word like marimaya that covers up the totality. But sometimes our language tends to break things up and we say, all oh, compassion is like that and kindness is like this and goodness is like that and grace is this and mercy is that. But they're all interrelated and they don't have the clear distinctions. And so when we think of God and his love for us and his compassion, and grace for us we don't have one word that covers it all but talk and does that word mari mari and so a deeper appreciation and understanding of the word mari mari um, has led us to a deeper understanding and appreciation of what god is doing for us um so we haven't looked at a lot of individual verses there but i just that just that sharing um, English isn't necessarily the greatest language in the world, and we can learn from other languages, and God has taught us as well as through the translation. Very often we say, we are missionaries say that when they go to the mission field, there's a lot more that they have learned, that they are the ones who benefited as, as much, if not more, than the people that they minister to. And that's the way God works in us as well as through us at the same time. And so thanks for the opportunity to share. With you, we'll turn it back to Josh now for going ahead with, uh, I guess, some questions and answers.